uh, I know the temperature is warm in here, and so I will try to keep an eye on the clock and uh, ask the Lord to uh, kind of help me to uh, get through my notes. But I believe that um, what God has for us this morning, continuation of uh, last week's Father's Day message, and uh, what this will be is kind of a springboard uh, into our series that will be uh, moving. I kind of preached the first two yet last week, and then uh, right now moving to 10 o'clock. And uh, kind of just on uh, how to how to raise children, things like that. And you say, well, I don't I don't have any kids. Well, there are a lot of uh, principles that we will look at over the next several weeks. Uh, the law, grace, all different kind of things that everybody can apply to their life. But Second Corinthians uh, chapter number five, our title for our message this morning, kind of a continuation from last week, is this question: ownership or ambassador? Ownership or ambassador? That was kind of a question that we asked quite a bit last week, and uh, are we in ownership of our children, or are we an ambassador for God in the lives of our children? So let's look at the text again. I'll kind of highlight a few of the things that we talked about last week as we go through the text, and then uh, predominantly we'll just look at really one verse uh, here uh, this morning. It says in verse number 14 of our text, for the love of Christ constraineth us Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. I'm thankful for verse 15, which teaches us that even in our selfish ways of living often and even parenting, uh, Christ died so that we don't have to live that way. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Verse 16, wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet not henceforth know we him no more. Verse 17, which is what we'll look at mainly today. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, the thrust last week. Now now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I want you to try to imagine here this morning, I appreciated what Mike said. So often, uh, this is a battleground time, where God wants to God wants to take some time where we look into the Word and we look at principles from the Word, and He wants to ultimately fight you to where you're distracted by things. And and, and so I know that I know that sometimes when I ask you to imagine a scenario, you might go to you know wherever you're going to eat lunch. I get that, but I want to I want you to imagine for me. This morning you are you're just now sitting down on the couch. You've just given the fourth talk to your kids about how, you know, brothers are supposed to love their sisters and sisters are supposed to love their brothers. They're supposed to be kind. You've sat down, you've you've pulled out your you've pulled out your iPad and you know, you're getting ready to you you're getting ready to to press that to press that app. Your favorite app, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden you hear the bickering down the hall. And you start getting upset. You, you're tired. You start thinking, man, this is, this is personal against me. 
You know, they're, they're, they're screaming, they're yelling. You want to throw that iPad through the window, but you realize, no, if I do that, I'll break the window plus the iPad. That's not a good thing. You wish that, you know, you wish that the insanity would stop so that you could enjoy a personal moment, whether yourself or with your spouse or whatever the case. You, you do not regret that you had children, but just in that moment, you, you, wish that, you wish that you didn't have them. You're angry. You're about to lose your mind. You're about to say something or do something that uh, maybe you shouldn't do or you shouldn't say. Emotions are propelling you down that hallway, but they're not emotions of love. An agenda is motivating you, but it's not an agenda of grace. You're upset. You want those children to parent themselves. You want them to learn what you have said. And what happens is, is we begin to react as a parent rather than responding in a proper biblical way. Sometimes we'll give out lists of punishments that now you and I have to remember that we gave out. Punishments that you have to then um, you know, a- a- adhere to. You have to enforce them. Oftentimes we'll threaten a punishment that is probably not necessarily, um, a, you know, shouldn't be for the crime that they did. They just started arguing again. And you talk to them a fifth time or a sixth time. And then you, you leave the room and you're mumbling to yourself. And you're like, man, I would have I never done this to my parents. Or I would have never have acted this way. You kind of throw yourself back into your chair. You, you grab your iPad and you, you click that app. And you start whatever you're supposed to be doing and you're so upset you can't even think about it you you start to feel guilty for what you did as as we should and but then we try to convince ourselves that our kids deserved it that's my time you're supposed to supposed to do what i say i'll be honest with you most of us if you have children i think even you all can apply it to other things if you don't have children to where You've been there. What parent can look back on the days and weeks and months and years and not have regrets? It is so important to humbly recognize how counterintuitive this type of ambassadorial type of parenting that we're going to embark on and it it causes us to seek the rescue and the power to remember that only God and His amazing grace can provide what is needed as we go forward. The reason why is because sin makes us all more natural owners than ambassadors. Sin makes us all more demanding than patient. Sin causes all of us to find punishment more natural than grace. See, it doesn't only apply to children. It applies to the way that we interact with people. We'd rather punish the wrong than to show grace. Sin makes us more aware and distraught of sin in other people. Failures in others than our own. Sin makes us easy, it makes it easier for us to always be the one talking and the one that is rarely listening. Now here's what all this means. It all means this. The things... The thing that constantly gets in the way of being an ambassador, being others-oriented, is us. And so you and I, humbly confessing this, honestly, is the first 
step to being an ambassador. When you and I realize that we have been placed here, according to our text in, in verse number 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. Okay, God beseech us, beseeches us to pleads with us on behalf uh, for others. Okay, and so you and I, we get in the way. When asking the question, hmm, am I an owner, parents? Am I an owner, Christian? Am I an owner uh, just in my life? Or am I an ambassador? I think for most of us, it, 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 it kind of it helps us to think that we aren't always all owner. And we aren't always all ambassadorial. There's a, there's a mixture. I think for most of us, there's times when we want our way. And I think there's a lot of times where we want God's way. I think there's a lot of times where, where, where we want our children to reflect us beautifully. And I think there's a lot of times also where we want our children to reflect God. I think there's often a juggling act in our life. I don't think that you and I live in just an ownership way. This is, this is my life. This is what I'm going to do. I don't think that really describes anybody in here. But I think there's seasons of it. I think there's moments of it. And I'm going to try to help us decipher where we land on certain areas here throughout this message. But I think there's a lot of time, guys. I think there's a lot of time where we think, you know what? What does the Lord want here? What does the Lord want with my child? What does the Lord want with my family? What does the Lord want with my, uh, with my singleness? What does the Lord want on the job? All these different types of ebb and flows. I think there's often a mixture of, I want this and I want what God wants. I think sometimes we're too influenced by the values of the surrounding culture. And at other moments, I think we're very serious about our conviction of what the Bible says. I think there's times where we kind of get caught up in, well, yeah, you know, the, the culture says this, and yeah, we ought we to be accepting of everything and affirming of everything. And I think there's other times where it's like, well, no, the Word of God says this, and this is where I'm going to stand. I think there probably is that type of person, parent, single, whatever the case is, in here. Sometimes we just want our children to behave. <laughs> So our lives will be easier. Can I get an amen? Thank you. I think there's other times that we accept the fact that parenting is spiritual warfare. That it is hard. That there is going to be an ebb and a flow to this. And I don't think there's anybody here that, you know, that says, well, I own, I'm, I own my kids. And that's just the way that we live. No, I think there's, a, I think there's an understanding. It's helpful to think through, a, on a practical level, the difference between ownership and an ambassadorial way of living. And so what I want us to do is I want us to look at those two models, ownership or ambassador, and I want us to look at just kind of four practical areas that this is going to kind of feel more like, for those of you that come to 10 and 11 o'clock, it's going to kind of feel more like 10 o'clock, okay? And uh, just four practical areas that you and I often will kind of you know kind of juggle between the two of owner or ambassador okay the first area that we're going to look at here this morning is the area of identity identity where you look to find your sense of who you are obviously 
the application this morning is going to be to parents. And so those of you that aren't a parent, then you're, you, you're gonna have, I'm asking the Holy Spirit also to use the principles that we're going to look at to help you and to help me. But identity. Now, when I was in junior high, I became, I became obsessed with cars. And uh, a lot of times I had, a, I had an Acura Integra and I put thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into it uh, once I became, you know, a working teenager and, you know, things like that. But when I was in junior high, I, I, I got into cars big time and I, I came across this magazine. It was called Street. I don't even know if it's still in existence. But, man, you opened up this magazine and it was amazing. It had all of these beautiful cars and all of these different kinds of stories and it had a catalog, so to speak, of replacement parts. Not because your car is breaking down, but so that ways you can like trick it out and things like that. And it had just this catalog of replacement parts for any car, basically, on the road. And just like that catalog, our fallen world offers an endless list of identity replacements. None of us are free from this seduction. I've opened up this book and it was so it was just so amazing to me. And you know, like, wow, I could do this with my car and I could do this with my car. And you know what the world says? Ah, you can find your identity here and you can find your identity there. And so identity, where you look for your your sense of worth, where you look for your sense of value, the the the, the thing that you would say, this defines me. This is who I am. And so with every page of life you turn there's going to be an opportunity for you to connect your identity to something other than christ the bible says in colossians i want you to see this verse carefully verse one chapter one verse 27 to whom god who made known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles which is christ in you the hope of glory so Paul says that in our salvation, okay, we were given Christ in us. The Spirit of Christ is living in us. That is our hope of glory. Well, you connect that doctrinal truth that it's Christ in you back into our text of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be what? In Christ, you kind of Christ in you and you in Christ. It's a it's a beautiful theology. He is what? A new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so I want to challenge you right off the bat here. I, 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 I'm keeping a look on the time. Try to stay engaged as, as we just practically look through some different areas is that your identity ought to be found in Christ. And so we're going to take these ideas and we're going to look at owner and we're going to look at ambassador and what this looks like in reference to parenting, okay? First of all, we'll start with the owner side of identity. Owner parents tend to look to get their identity, meaning, purpose, and inner sense of well-being from their children, okay? Their children tend to be saddled with this unbearable burden of their parents' sense of self-worth, now, I'll be honest with you, I've got, I've got to start with this. Parenting is a miserable place to look for your identity. For no other reason that you birthed sinners. Okay? For no other reason that your children are going to be 
just from by nature against your rule, against your authority, against everything. I was teasing my daughter the other day, and I said, uh, we were playing truth or dare. Have you ever played that with your kids? Man, that could be dangerous, right? You know, they make you like just go lick something that's weird and nasty and gross. And you can get a disease for the rest of your life. So we play like uh, a safe version of that. If we don't want to, they just get to pinch us, okay? I think we're chickens, right? And so we were playing truth or dare. And it was a good, wholesome way, you know, a family game at the Johnson home one night. And I asked Danielle, I said, truth or dare? And she's 12. She's not, is she in here? Danielle, you in here? Yeah, all right. And I said, Danielle, truth or dare? And she said, truth. I'm like, yes. I said, Danielle, do you ever get embarrassed by your dad? <laughs> oh, it was great, you know. And so we kind of, you know, she's kind of getting into those teen years where, you know, like when she gets dropped off, she wants to get dropped off like 10 blocks away, you know, those kind of things. It's not that bad, praise the Lord. But listen, if, if our identity is wrapped up in our kids, Listen, those kids are those kids are self-sovereigns, man. They're all about themselves early on. Children come into the world with significant brokenness inside of them. It's going to cause them to push against you. All right? So if that's the case, if you're going to find your identity, well listen, those kids are going to those kids are going to fight you at every turn. Okay? Parents who are looking to their children for identity tend to take their, listen to me, again, practical, they tend to take their children's failures personally. As if they were doing something against them. Intentionally. And they respond to their children with personal hurt and personal anger. It's like, I can't believe you did that. Why? Because it's, their identity is wrapped up in a, in a sinner. But the reality is, is that God simply does not give you children in order for you to feel that your life is worthwhile. Okay? That's not why God gives you children. Okay? They're his heritage. They're to procreate. And we're to we're to literally produce little at some point little li, little Christs that walk around and they glorify God. If anything, God gave you children to humble you. <laughs> Amen. Right? Okay, so that's the owner side of it. What does what does an ambassador look like? Parents who approach parenting in a representative as representatives, come to it, or to it, with a deep sense of identity and are motivated by meaning and purpose. In other words, they, they're not looking to their, to their kiddos to identify, and they know, no, 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 in Christ, my identity is Christ. It's Him. They do not need to get from their that from their children because they've gotten it already from the one who they represented, Jesus Christ. Because of this, they're freed from coming to their children, hoping that they will get, hoping that they will get from them what no child could ever give them. They're freed from asking family to give them life, because they found life in their hearts and in their souls already in Christ. Many times, moms and dads they find their joy. And their children. Should we have find our joy in our kids? Sure we should. But that can't be our identity. Okay? So you're trying to wonder, hmm, am I, a, am I an owner and I'm an ambassador? I think, I think we're going to probably toggle between both of them in our weeks and months in our life. But just understanding it, I think, is a good, it's a good uh, metric for how you want to live going forward. Okay? So the area of identity. Let's look at a second area. And that would be the area of work. Of work. 
what you define as the work you have been called to do. Okay? Identity. Next area we'll look at is work. Here's an owner's way of looking at it. Owner parents think that their job is to turn their children into something. Okay? To turn their children into something. They have a vision of what they want their children to be and they look and they think that their work as a parent is to is to use that authority, is to use their time and their money and, and their energy to form their children into what they have conceived that they should be. In other words, you and your spouse, you've determined, you know what, I want Johnny, we don't have any Johnnies in our church, so I want Johnny to be a doctor. Is there anything wrong with being a doctor? Yes or no? Absolutely not. Okay? But I want Johnny, I want Johnny to be a doctor. And so then what happens is, is we, if we're not careful, if we're an owner type parent, then we get to the place where that is the only thing that works for them. Okay, I'm a I'm a I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I'm a good parent if they go into this route. And we've we've got to be very careful of that. Okay, I've counseled children in the years, whether they be teenagers or not, who break, who crack under the burden and under the pressure of parents who have had this concrete vision for them. They're going to play professional whatever the sport is. And we push them and we drive them and they don't necessarily want to do that. I, I, want, my, I want my daughter to be an artist and she can't even draw a stick figure. That, Danielle's actually a very good artist. I'm using a, just kind of a hypothetical. And, they, and, and they, they can't even draw a stick figure. Well, then maybe that's not what God wanted to do. But we get this thing in our minds and we're not careful. We will shape our children in this way. Okay? Ambassador parents. Okay? I, I know it's warm. Are you following me? We good? Say, I'm not a parent. Okay? Try to apply it. Parents who really do understand that they are never anything more than representatives of someone greater, wiser, and more powerful and more gracious than they are. They know that their daily work is not to turn their children into anything. They have come to understand that they have no power whatsoever to change their children. Let me ask you a question. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have a hard time changing yourself? Right? Okay, those of you that are married, how many of you would admit, don't raise your hand, you've never changed your spouse? <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. And yet, children it's it's not even it's not it's not in our power we've not been we're not the one that is supposed to to change them okay ambassador parents they're not motivated by a vision of what they want their children to be but by the potential of what grace could cause their children to be okay identity work moving on okay number three here success success what you define success to be. Here's what an owner parent. These parents tend to be working toward a specific catalog of indicators in the lives of their children that would tell them that they have been successful parents. Listen, I know it's hard to hear, but this, we've got to just got to take it and understand. God, what, what do you want me to? What do you want me to do? Things like academic performance athletic achievement, musical ability, social likability. What happens is, is those become the horizontal markers for how well 
I have done my job. Again, this is from a parent perspective, okay? This is success, all right? Oh, there's nothing wrong with academic um, achievements. There's nothing wrong with, with, with musical achievements. There's nothing wrong with social and with, um, you know, different athletic and different things, okay? But they simply are unable to measure a successful job. Do you realize that good parents don't always produce good kids? Right? They don't. I know parents that have seemingly done everything right, and then their kids just go off and don't want anything to do with God, don't want anything to do with any kind of spirituality. Listen, if you've been there, you are there, man, let me encourage you right now. It's not your job. That's not what a successful thing is not necessarily the, the benchmarkers that often that we place out there. I'm afraid many good parents, they live with long-term feelings of failure because their children have not turned out the way that they hoped that they would turn out. Okay? So that's the ownership way of doing it. Well, it's only good if they meet this mark and this mark and this mark. Should we have some marks? Sure we should, but listen, your success as a parent is not connected to that. Here's what an ambassadorial approach would look like. These parents have faced the scary truth that they have no power at all to produce anything in their children. Because of this, they have not attached their definition of successful parenting to a list of horizontal outcomes. Successful parenting is not first what you have produced. Rather, it is first about what you have done some of you, moms and dads, some of y'all, 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 y'all let, let, let that sink in. Successful parenting is not first about what you have produced. Rather, it's first about what you've done. Listen, you and I, we, we cannot control them, right? Some of you have older kids, and you know exactly. I'm like in the midst of it right now. I'm like, Ryan, you don't really believe this control that son you know that's me right but some of you you have older kids and i and i can i can just even see i'm kind of resonating with you you're like yeah you know ryan you're you're like nailing this right now because really you and i we can't do this cookie cutter perfect kid coming out instead we can just say you know what i want to i want to as the parent i want to do some things and that's what this series moving to 10 o'clock here is going to do it's going to to give us those tools so to speak of of what we can do so let me say it this way. Successful parenting is not about achieving goals that you have no power to produce, but about being a usable and faithful tool in the hands of the one who alone is able to produce good things in your children. That's what it is. Okay? And an ambassadorial approach really just in life is not about what the metrics of what we can get done it's rather about, okay, how can I live? God, what do you want me to live? How, and, and when you apply it to parenting, how do you want me to parent? How can I parent in a way that is your method and your words and the way that you want me to live? Okay, number four. We're going to move on here real quick. Number four, reputation. Reputation. What tells people who you are and what you're about? Okay, that's a reputation, right? What tells people who you are and what you're about? This one's great for parenting, okay? All right, let's go to ownership parents, which totally is me right here. Owner parents unwittingly turn their children into their trophies. My kids are my trophies, right? 
oh, my daughter, she's so sweet. Well, what if she's not sweet in 15 years? Then, Mike, she's not my trophy anymore, right? Here's what happens. We connect our reputation to our children. They tend to want to be able to parade their children in public to the applause of the people around them. This is why so many parents struggle with the crazy phases that their children go through as they're growing up. You're not allowed to be awkward at this age? No. Why? Because, again, it kind of goes back to the work. We've kind of laid this out. Okay, this is what you're going to look like at 10, and this is what you're going to look like at 13, 15, and we just laid it all out there. And if we're not careful, we allow those benchmarks that don't get met to affect our reputation, where we connect it to our reputation. Children in these types of homes often feel both the burden of carrying their parents' reputation and then the sting of their own personal situations that they're working through and that they're struggling through. Okay, let me make this statement. Owner parents tend to be angry and disappointed with their children. Not first because they have broken God's law, but because whatever they have done has brought hassle and embarrassment to them. Is that okay for me to say? Right? A lot of times we're not angry that, let's say our, let's say our teenager sinned and they did something dumb or whatever it is they did. Oftentimes we're not angry with the fact that they went against God's law. Instead it's like, my oh, reputation, man, if, 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 any, if anybody finds out... Okay? And oftentimes we get worried about that. So what does an ambassador approach to our reputation look like? These parents have come to understand that parenting sinners are going to expose them to public misunderstanding and embarrassment somehow, some way. You know what God chose me to do as a parent? For me to try to shepherd broken sinners. Hopefully to Christ, but then still in all of the awkwardness of the stages. What is there? Is there an adult in here in the last oh, I don't know week that hasn't sinned themselves? Anybody? I'd like to go to lunch with you if you have. I'll buy. No, right? We still sin, right? We still struggle. We still need the rescue of Christ. We still, as we talked about last week, we, we still need to realize that Christ, He's rescuing us from ourselves in, in the cross and in the resurrection and in His life. So if we as adults are still in the ebb and flow of our life, still struggling, still coming broken to be mended, right? I love that song. If that's our reality, my, 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 what do you think's going to happen with the kiddos? Right? And so what happens is, is you and I, we've got to just realize that they are going to bring about embarrassment. They are going to bring about just situations where, you know what, hey, if I, had, if I, if I was doing it, I wouldn't have done it that way. They're not you. You're not perfect. And neither will they be perfect. And that's why everybody needs grace. That's why as a parent, as a dad, and as someone that's trying to, the Lord's put it on my heart to kind of shepherd some families in our church, that you and I, we've got to understand that if we are going to take an ambassador approach, we're going to have to accept humbly 
the messiness of the job that God has called us to. It's messy. It's not always perfect. We've got to understand that our children are going to grow and mature in life, and they're going to grow and mature in godliness. But sometimes they're not always the trophies that we have etched out right at their birth, okay? Uh, We've got to realize that when our children do glorify God, when our children do come out to have a measure of godliness in their life, listen, they're not your trophy. They're God's. They're God's grace. The psalmist said that they are an heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is His what? Reward. So moms and dads and anybody, listen, if there is any good that comes out of this, it's to the glory of God. It's His trophy, not ours. And so as you, let me ask you this question. Are you ready to kind of chuck the burden of being an owner and begin to experience what parenting looks like when you know that you have been called to represent a message, a method, and character of the owner of your kids? Are you ready to be freed from the burden of trying to create change and to experience the rest to be found in Christ, the one that gives the grace alone? The one that gives the power to change? Listen, God uniquely placed these at 11 these two weeks, and I fought it. I, I'm, I'm always honest with you when I fight the Lord, and you know, I, I, we'll get right back to 2 Thessalonians next week. But listen, if, 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 you're, if you're wanting a new way of parenting, by the way of grace, can I encourage you to come at 10? I'm going to reach out to some of the the couples and the families that aren't here this morning, this week, and I'm really going to encourage them to come at 10. We've got got child care all the way down to the nursery at 10 o'clock. I'm going to encourage you to come. If you're tired of the daily grind, you're having a hard time seeing the big picture, come. Say, Ryan, all i got is teenagers left. Come. It's not too late. You and I, we can, we, we can, we can, tap into a to a power of grace that is rescuing that is forgiving and that changes lives each time that we meet at 10 o'clock what we're going to do is we're going to look at a parenting principle and how that grace is what is needed in those different situations i'll be honest with you sometimes i get so exhausted in parenting i get so frustrated in parenting i get so discouraged in parenting But I believe what you and I need is we need to realize, listen, I'm an ambassador for Christ. God's placed me in this role to not be all about myself. He gave us the cross, verse 15, so that we would not henceforth live unto ourselves. My children, they aren't all about me. They're not my identity. They're not my success. They're not my work. They're not my reputation. Instead, all of that is found in Jesus Christ. And now, God, I can say, okay, how do, you want me to, how do you want me to act when I've just sat down and I've already given them the, the talk and now they need it again? I don't want to give it again. <laughs> I want my own time. It's my evening. It's past 10 p.m. Don't they understand? Okay, God. All right. I was being a little ownership right there. Instead, okay, God, I wanna, I'm going to be your ambassador. 
I'm going to go right back into that room. I'm not going to lose my head. I'm not going to give punishments that don't meet the crime. Grounded for a week. No. God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Oh, I've had a, I've had a long day at work. I've struggled with this. I've struggled with that. And this is, hey, gentlemen, when you get ready to walk into those doors, you are walking into your work. You're advancing in grace to those people that are in your home. And my prayer is that this series, although will be difficult at times, hopefully we'll laugh at times, will be one that we can see the grace of God running through every step of the way of parenting as we go through principles. And I trust that God will, I trust that God will bless that unique last couple weeks. I know it's been kind of a promo for 10 o'clock, but let me encourage you to um, ask the Lord to help you with um, being there. Come at 10. Learn what you need to learn. You say, I don't have any kids. You're always shepherding the young. And the principles that we'll look at will be very, very, very helpful for you as well as for me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.